Welcome back to the How Can I Show with me as your host, Harpreet. Today's episode is about mastering the art of sharing feelings with loved ones. And it's all about breaking down the barriers to heartfelt conversations. Whether it's with friends or family, I'm here to guide you through the journey of expressing your emotions authentically and compassionately. You know, one of the most powerful tools we have in maintaining our mental health and nurturing our relationships is our ability to talk about our feelings. But why is it so important? Well, think of it this way. Sharing your feelings is like opening a window in a stuffy room, right? It lets fresh air in, it brings clarity, and it helps us feel understood and connected. So I'm going to share a quick story with you. As many of you may know, um, if you've been listening to my previous episodes, but in 2022, I faced a situation that many of you might relate to. I was feeling overwhelmed with work and personal life, um, and I was going through burnout, but I kept it all bottled up. I thought I had to handle it all alone. And at the beginning of 2023, I'd had enough and I decided to pour my heart out to my best friend because I truly just couldn't deal with it all anymore. If I'm honest, once I did this, not only did I feel lighter, but my friend also shared her similar experiences in the past and how she overcame them. This conversation brought us closer and I realized I really wasn't alone in my struggles. So sharing our emotions isn't really a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength. It takes courage to be vulnerable. And when we do, it opens the door for others to do the same, you know, which creates more deeper, more meaningful connections, really. But, you know, you might think, well, Harper, you know, you're saying this, but how do I start? How do you put these feelings into words and actually share them? So over the next few minutes, I'll share some simple yet effective tips to help you do just that, because, you know, I'm all about giving you tips on my episodes. So stay tuned, because what I'm about to share could truly transform your relationship and how you handle your emotions. So have you ever had something important to say, but realized the timing or setting just wasn't right? So one thing we know is timing is everything, right? And especially when it comes to sharing our feelings, it's crucial to choose a moment when the person you're talking to is in the right headspace. Imagine bringing up a deep conversation when your friend is rushing to meet a deadline or during a noisy family dinner. Chances are it won't go as well as you hoped. If you're anything like me, these situations have happened to me in the past and then, you know, it didn't really work out. So like I said, timing is everything. And I'm going to give you a personal tip, actually. So normally, if I do want to speak to someone about something, I try to give a bit of a heads up. Um, you know, I'll say something like, even if I made a phone call, I might be like, hey, are you busy? Um, do you have time to talk? So what I'm really doing is I'm respecting their time and preparing them for a conversation, which could be a serious one. Um, and it shows that you know, what I have to say is important and I'm considering their readiness to listen. Then let's talk about the place. So the setting can make a huge difference. You want somewhere private and comfortable and away from distractions. So it could be a cozy phone call where you're both relaxed in a quiet place, uh, a quiet coffee shop, uh, a peaceful walk in the park, 
uh, or even a cozy corner of your living room, you know, can set the right tone. It's really all about creating a space where both of you can be open and present. Remember, when we share our feelings, we're not just exchanging words. We're inviting someone into our emotional world. So by choosing the right time and place, we're laying the groundwork for a conversation that can hopefully truly resonate. So with that said, let's now talk about expressing ourselves in a way that's clear and non-confrontational. So when I learned about this, I found this really sort of revolutionary because I was like, ah, I didn't really think about doing it this way. Um, But I suppose why would I, right? It's, It's the way we learn things as we grow up and how we learn to communicate in our own ways. But what I learned was it's all about I statements. So an example of this is instead of saying to someone, um, you know, hey, you make me feel ignored. What if you tried saying, I feel neglected when I don't hear from you? Do you see the difference? The first one actually sounds like an accusation, while the second one expresses your feeling without blaming that person. So I statements generally allow you to take ownership of your feelings and it encourages a more compassionate response. So here's a quick exercise for you. Think of a recent situation where you felt upset or misunderstood and then reframe that using an I statement. And, you know, what would you have said if you used I? So it's a simple yet powerful shift and it can also start changing your perspective and just communicating more effectively. Remember, the goal here is not to win an argument or prove a point. Um, And I know, I know a lot of us, you know, may feel a certain way and then we get, we might get into an argument or we may get into disagreement and it's like, I wanted to tell you I was right and, you know, you're not hearing me. But if we don't go into, you know, that mindset and we just think about being honest and having a heartfelt expression, using the I statements, you invite the understanding and empathy and you start setting the stage for a more constructive and open dialogue. Expressing our feelings is just half the equation. What's the other half? Well, the other half is listening and it's called active listening. So it's not just about hearing the words, it's about truly understanding the emotions behind them. So when someone is sharing something with you, you want to show that you're more engaged. How, how can you do this? How can you show more engagement? So you can nod, um, you can maintain eye contact and you can give like verbal affirmations. What you want to do is you want to avoid interrupting or planning your response while they're speaking. Instead, try to really absorb what they're saying. Now, I know I've done this in the past again. I'm not going to pretend on any of these episodes that, you know, I've been perfect and everything I'm teaching you I haven't done. I think this is just normal lines of communication that we've all really sort of faced, right? And, you know, we've done it. I mean, my husband have gone through this um, quite a lot in the past. Um, where like, you're not hearing me and I don't feel like you're listening and, you know, I don't feel like you're engaging with me and I'm starting to feel ignored, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but what we found was over time, actually, that this was one of the key problems that there wasn't engagement because coming back to, you know, some of the stuff I've already said to you, sometimes we're talking, especially over COVID, right? Like 
we were talking to each other over in our work days. So because everything's happening in the house and we're all always around each other and we were working from home, which, you know, we, we still do quite a lot. Um, a lot of communication tends to be when someone's busy, you know, you can see one person's busy with their work and the other one's asking a question or trying to have a conversation. And then, you know, the person doesn't get the response properly, feels really frustrated. So, you know, what I'm sharing with you today is not just about big conversations. It's also about the little ones where you might need a response to something. But are you picking the right time and the place? Are you then, and if you're not, and then you're not getting, you know, the the confirmation that you need that you're being heard, it's going to start leading to frustration, you know, having thoughts that you don't really want. And usually they're quite negative thoughts. So if you can start finding that time, you know, that's one thing we, we, we've been learning and focusing on is let's give each other more time because we're busy in our day. And actually we need to find separate time to communicate. And it's really made a world of difference because you can see that when you're busy, answers might be short, abrupt, because you just don't have the time and you, you don't want this distraction, right? Even as a listener, you don't want the distraction. But then if you're free and you've made time to go somewhere and just have a conversation between the two of you without any of those distractions, the conversation flows so much better. So, you know, from personal experience and from learning these tools and now sharing them with you, I know that they work and, you know, you should really give it a try. And one of the other key things is that, you know, after if you're listening and someone's sharing with you, after they've shared, reflect back like what you've heard. Say something like, you know, it sounds like you're feeling and then fill in, you know, what they've been saying to you. Because this not only shows that you're paying attention, but it also validates their feelings. And, you know, like I said, this is active listening. And what this does is it builds trust and shows that you value the other person's perspective and emotions. And when we open up about our feelings, we can't control how the other person will respond. And that's okay. Sometimes they might offer us support. Other times they might have a different viewpoint. What's important is to approach these responses with an open mind. If the response is not what you expected, take a moment to process it. Because you have to remember each person's perspective is shaped by their own experiences and emotions. And because people you know, process things differently, you may have experienced this that when sometimes you're talking to some some people, they may jump in and try and respond, you know, there and then and try and fix something there and then. But there might be some people that you know who actually don't do that. And when they respond to something, they take time. They have to go and think about it and come back and, you know, just, just really absorb what was said to them. And for some of us, that can be really frustrating. I, you know, I know I'm giving you personal examples here, but I've, again, dealt with this. You know, in the past, I would be so frustrated if I wanted to resolve something and I wanted to resolve it there and then. And if someone, you know, didn't give me a response there and then or try and fix something there and then, it would be so frustrating. And, you know, it would just really sort of throw me off. But, you know, over time, I've also learned that we should not really set expectations 
on responses because ultimately that's what normally really disappoints us, right? Because we might go into a conversation thinking, well, I'm going to go and have this conversation and we might not really think of the outcome, but somewhere in the back of our minds, we're hoping of a certain outcome. And when that outcome doesn't happen or it doesn't go your way, the frustration kicks in, you don't feel like you've been heard and you know, then you may respond, you may start reacting to that response. But if you can let go of the expectation and say, well, I don't know how this conversation is going to go. But what I do know is I need to have this conversation and I'm going to do my best to have this conversation in the best possible way. But I'm not going to expect what's going to come back towards me. Instead, I'm going to let it be and, you know, let, let that person respond in the best way that they can. Because sometimes if we push too hard, someone may respond and they might do it on the whim. And then again, if you've ever been through that in an argument or something and they responded on the whim and then, you know, you feel hurt and they might say, well, you asked me to say something. And at that point I wasn't thinking straight. So I just said whatever came to mind. But if you can, you know, just give them the time. If someone says, well, I don't want to respond to this right now. I want to be quiet, you know, and I need to go and think about this. That's okay. You might say, well, when will you come back to me? You know, that's a fair question. But to put a complete expectation of the response has to be now because you're having the conversation now doesn't always work. That's all I'm saying here. And also, you know, if the conversation gets emotional, it's all right to take a break, right? So it's just kind of saying what I'm saying here that, someone may want to walk away at that point, but you may want to walk away. And if you do, you can say something like, look, I, I think we're both getting a bit overwhelmed. Let's pause and come back to this later. It's really about respecting both your feelings, right? Yours and theirs. And what happens is you start building a better form of communication. So you're opening up more space for better conversations. Look, I know talking about our feelings isn't always easy. You might worry about being judged or misunderstood. But remember, expressing your emotions is a sign of strength, not weakness. And I know we live in a world where right now there's a lot of conversations going on about trust and who we trust. And, you know, we, we may have learned a lot from our relationships. Some relationships may not have worked out. And so, you know, you, you learn to navigate life in a way that works for you from all your past experiences. So it doesn't mean there's a right or wrong for what you've learned. But if you're finding that, you know, you're struggling to share, if you're struggling to trust, if you're struggling to just have better conversations and you're coming out frustrated, then all these things can help. But, you know, coming back to trust, let's say you don't have the trust or you want to build trust or you, you know, if it's not trust, but you just want to build a relationship better because you're not communicating effectively. Then here's another quick tip for you, which is start small. Share something minor with someone that you trust or are building trust from or building a relationship with and just start building from there. It's like a muscle, right? The more you use it, the more stronger it's going to get. The more you're going to also start trusting 
your own way of communicating and your own way of having conversations and seeing what actually works for you and what doesn't. One of the things that really happens is, you know, when we're communicating, especially if you're stuck in a loop where, you know, you are having communication problems or you're starting to notice a pattern of how communication happens with you and other people. And especially if you're someone who's getting frustrated in certain areas, what can you do to reflect? What can you actually do and say where things can get better for you? Because you clearly want to break the cycle, right? If you're here and you're listening to this and thinking, well, hey, I would love to communicate better. I would love to strengthen my relationships more, um, whether it's a work relationship or a you know home relationship or a friend's relationship, whatever it is, you know, you want to strengthen it. So just learn to trust and start the process. Start small and start, you know, expanding on it. Start having those conversations. Start building those relationships. And if you're struggling to find the words, then another tip is, why don't you write it down first? Journal. Because journaling can be a really great way to clarify your thoughts and feelings before sharing them with someone else. This has helped me many times. And sometimes when I've journaled, I've realized I'm giving something more airtime than it needs and I can actually let it go. Sometimes a journaling can be just for that, like writing down, this is what I need to say. And, you know, make your points very clear. Because again, have you ever been in a situation where the conversation's not going well? And you kind of just miss the point. Like the conversation starts going off somewhere completely different. You think, well, and then you come away from that conversation and think, but everything that I just wanted to talk about or, you know, everything that person wanted to speak to me about, actually, I think we've just completely missed the point. But let's say you're the person who's speaking and you didn't get a resolution that you wanted. Is it because the conversation went off somewhere that it wasn't supposed to? How do you bring it back to the point that you want to cover? Because we can go, you know, hours and hours sometimes talking about something and then it goes into another conversation and then another conversation. And the next thing you know, it's like completely missed. So write it down, write down your points. These are the things I really want to speak about because they're really bothering me or I really need help on this or I need some advice and this is what I need. So you can journal it, you can write down your feelings and your thoughts, you can put bullet points, it's entirely up to you. But like I said, sometimes you may find that you write something down, especially if you're journaling and writing about your feelings. And sort of like this light bulb moment happens and you think, Do you know what? I don't think this is even a conversation to be had because you resolve it yourself. So, you know, I'm going off a little bit now on journaling generally, but for today's episode, we're talking about journaling so you can have better communication and make the notes or the points that you need to ensure that your conversation sticks to what you want to talk about. But the other side of this is that when you journal and if you're writing your thoughts and feelings, sometimes it comes to you and you think, okay, well, this conversation, actually, maybe this point isn't needed because I might be overthinking it or, you know, actually, I've resolved it. Maybe it wasn't that person's fault. Maybe this wasn't my fault. Or maybe this just isn't needed. It's, it's just I'm procrastinating. I'm thinking about it too much. It doesn't really matter what, you know, but it's just those, those, those things can happen. So I think journaling is always, always a great tip. So with all of this said, let's quickly recap. So we've talked about the right time and place. We've talked about using the I statements 
and the importance of active listening, accepting different responses and overcoming challenges, as well as learning to trust, starting small and journaling. So these are your tools to start building stronger, more emotionally connected relationships. And remember one thing, each conversation is a step forward. Don't be hard on yourself if it doesn't go perfectly. You don't have to get this right the first time. This is just a step in the right direction for you. And what matters is that you're trying, you're learning, and you're growing. That's ultimately part of our purpose, to always try to learn as much as we can and grow, just grow as beings. So with that said, thank you for joining me on today's episode. I hope these tips inspire you to start these conversations that matter. Stay tuned for our next episode where I've got more exciting tips and tricks coming your way. And until then, remember, your feelings are valid and sharing them is the key to deeper connections and understanding. This is Harpreet signing off. Here's to speaking with your heart and transforming your relationships one conversation at a time. Bye.